Welcome to 24 Cares. I'm Devin Owens-Toller, Leader of Operations and Analytics. And I'm Annalise Alamo, Culture Transformation Leader. We're Cares by KJE. We are a tech-enabled strategy and leadership development firm specializing in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Today, we are continuing the conversation with Lenore Marquez, CEO of Los Berrios Unidos Community Clinic. Welcome back, Lenore. Thank you. Happy to have you back. Thank yeah. you. Good to be here. Great. Well, we've been having a great conversation um, about LBU and the, the impact to the community. Uh, we talked about all sorts of things, uh, <laughs> education, how we take care of patients and all of that and how that's translating. We touched a little bit and I think in our first episode about policies um, yes. and inequities and potential inequities in, in the healthcare policy in particular. I know this mm -hmm. is a topic near and dear to some close family members who um, are approaching that age where they have to consider like Medicare and different yes. options yes. and you know paying for insurance that may be right. costly and what does it cover, what does it not cover. So all things related to, to healthcare policies, how do you feel about you know, where we are today um, in, in healthcare inequity or equity, um, is our system an ally or foe, especially when it comes to multicultural positions? Oh, Annalise, that's such a good question. Um, ally or foe, it's, it's hard to think of it as absolute. So I, mm -hmm. I guess I can illustrate it with a couple of examples. I mean, we are fortunate to live in the United States of America and arguably, arguably the best healthcare in the world. Um, we are a few miles from one of the best medical schools in the world. Yes. We should be very proud of that. Down the street, yeah. okay, literally down the street, we've got the best access to the best um, healthcare. Now, but does that translate into true access? Can can mm. the average person get in there? Can can just anyone get in there? Would people of any stripe get um, have true access to um, to to that magnificent healthcare? Um, in this country, it's a fee-for-service world, meaning the healthcare team, the clinic, the doctor provides a service and gets reimbursed. Um, that reimbursement is either cash, but more than likely it is insurance, mm -hmm. right? That's how it works. You get really good healthcare because you've got in, an insurance card in your wallet. Um, and you have that insurance card because you have the kind of job that mm. provides healthcare. Um, and it's, it's, uh, you may have a copay, uh, but for the most part, the Im insurance premiums are, again, the American way, have largely paid by your employer, not 100%. Um, so those are all policy-driven, okay? That's just the way things have evolved in the last 100 years in this country. So where does that leave the person that doesn't have health insurance, that doesn't have the kind of job that provides health insurance, or that health insurance is so cost prohibitive. What about the startup? What about yeah. the millions and millions and millions of, of jobs that are created by startups, by small businesses, by entrepreneurs, yeah. um, that can't, the employer or the person can't afford $1,200 or whatever it costs to provide health insurance? Those are all policy driven, so um, not, not great. Um, the, the good thing, as because what's also available in this country is a safety net. Um, uh, clinics that offer care on a sliding fee scale or hospitals, uh, but, but there are not enough of those. And those mm -hmm. tend to be available in cities and in frontier spaces, not so much in, in, in rural places, not as much. So yeah. again, all policy driven. So 
uh, friend and foe, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think it's the lens that you look at it too. Um, you know, I, I guess I've been blessed too to be exposed to different healthcare policies. I used to live in the Philippines. I used to also live in London, where I actually gave birth to my first daughter there. And nice. it's okay. Yes. Everything was free. Yes. Right. Um, so yes. Social health care and everything That's was free, right. but quality of care. I don't know that I would okay. do that again. Right. And so it's really just a difference. And then you come from come to like the Philippines where the policies are different. Like you really have to have cash. If you right. even if you're having right. an emergency or need a surgery, you have to put a certain cash before they even see you, especially if you don't have insurance. Right. So it's kind of extreme, I guess, in both in those worlds. You know, I I, I also think of um, a very recent example. My my brother and his family were in um, Italy for mm-hmm. vacation. While they were there, I mean, this just a couple of months ago, and while they were there, um, my niece, my 17-year-old niece, um, had severe abdominal pains. It turns out it was appendicitis. And, you know, that's something that has to be, you don't get on an airplane and fly back to the United States. You get yes. that attended to. You get that taken care of. Wow. She got excellent care. She got, um, there was no issue as why don't you speak Italian and where's your, where are your papers? Or there was, that was just a non-issue. Again, their policies. Mm-hmm. Because what they said over and over again is we're taking care of the patient. You know, here in Italy, mm-hmm. we, we take care of the patients and the, not the order they came in, the order of acuity. Okay, so this person goes first, not because they have the best insurance or the most money or whatever, in, in, in um, an order of uh, emergency, who, what, what is the more, more critical. And so she was kind of seen when she needed to be seen. Mm-hmm. And um, very good care, very, uh, very attentive, um, different kind of setup in terms of, you know, it didn't look exactly like our ERs or our operating, well, the ERs that the, the, um, where, where they first came in and she was kind of there for, for a couple of days. Um, but throughout or towards the end, as she's recovering, my brother says, okay, my brother is an engineer. He lives in California. He's got, he said, I have very good insurance. Um, I'm happy to give you my insurance card. And they said, no, no, sir, that's not necessary. Thank you. But no, that's not necessary. They said, well, you know, I can pay you. And then my, I'll deal with insurance when I get back to the United States. And they said, well, no, sir, it's okay. They were being polite. Mm-hmm. They were. <laughs> they were very yeah. polite in how they said that. But it was, well, no, this is... This we we took care of you. That's you, you don't pay here. Mm. It's like it's like in your country. It was very sweet the way they made the analogy. In your country, it's like paying the firefighters. You don't write a check to the fire department. You don't write. You just it's just part of living in this society. Wow! What a beautiful illustration. That's an amazing. <laughs> amazing illustration. It was foreign speaking. You know, foreigners. <laughs> yeah. Um, they uh, unexpected. Uh, you know, unable, uh, will able and willing to pay, but. Wasn't it was a non-issue? Yeah. What a different uh, uh, trajectory for yes. um, that they had in that in that country. Very different than what um, immigrants face in this country. For sure. Yeah. No, that's a big deal. Like, yes. Yeah. I mean, you're already stressed out because you're in a different yes. country, having to have health care, but to have that type of you know discussion, especially about financial stuff, yes. is, is right. definitely a big relief in that situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you feel like we are kind of continuing along that same vein? Where else are we kind of missing the mark or um, or where are we making a positive impact in terms of our healthcare policies in the United States? Um, it, the, our healthcare policies, I mean, it's a complicated question <laughs> and an extremely complicated answer. Um, there's so much that has to do with our health that is not related to going to the doctor. 
Now, mm. I'm a CEO of a healthcare organization I'm all about, <laughs> going to see the doctor, but there's so much about who your health that has to do with where you live, how you live, what you ingest, how mm. you move, uh, the toxins you take in uh, or refrain from. <laughs> all of that is, a lot of that is policy driven, right? Um, uh, some of it is the insurance card that you have in your wallet, but a whole lot of it has to do with your education, yeah. the quality of education. Um, were you able to graduate from high school with, from, a, from a decent school? Yeah. Um, and even get a little bit of college, because that little bit of college gets you a little bit further in terms of critical thinking skills. Not everyone needs a degree. That's not the issue. That's just, just like, can you make decisions for yourself? Can you, can you, um, are you afforded the opp opportunities for a decent job? Yeah. I mean, all of those things, um, it, you know, policy driven, some things are getting better. Um, and quite frankly, even though I'm in the going to the doctor business, mm -hmm. improving health is about diet and exercise. A whole lot of it is mm -hmm. diet and exercise, mm -hmm. but where you live in the, in the environment that, that, uh, that we're exposed to. Yeah, that's so good. And this whole conversation is making me think about, so I graduated um, from college like the third time <laughs> um, a few <laughs> years ago, but right right at the start of the pandemic. Oh and I was obviously older than 26, so I wasn't on my parents' insurance anymore. I couldn't extend my college insurance anymore. And so I was in a place where I was unemployed because it was hard to find a job right. at that time. And I didn't have health care for a while. Scary. Yeah, so it was a yeah. very, um, different experience and, and it was a time of hoping one hoping of course that I didn't get COVID and have to go <laughs> to right. the hospital um, but hoping that nothing else happened That's where right. I had to be admitted or be seen for anything at all um, so I definitely empathize and sympathize with communities that um, or people in general that don't have access um, to affordable health care to right. um, you know physicians and doctors that can care for them with cultural intelligence and emotional intelligence well and put, really, yeah. yeah. So that, so that's, that's the life our, so many of our communities live in. Um, not having insurance and just hoping you don't get injured, hope yes. you don't get sick yes. and hope you don't get COVID yes. and all of those things. And, um, you know, it reminded me that, you know, in the early days it was very scary. It was very scary for everyone. We weren't quite sure what we were dealing with, but we knew to isolate. We knew to, you know, that kind of thing. And before masks were, I mean, in the early, early days, yes. right? And there weren't even <laughs> enough masks to go around. Yes. And what's an N95 mask and those kinds of things. But in the early days, again, being culturally appropriate and sensitive, um, we, you know, we, we, we had families come in and some, some uh, family member tested positive for COVID. And so mm. what are the protocols? Isolate, um, don't go out anywhere, don't literally don't be in the same room, don't share a bed, don't, you know, all of those kinds of things. Use your own bathroom, use your, you know, all those things. Well, that's really crazy to say that to a family that's, of course they share a bed, you know, the, the yeah. you know, two, three people, the, like I shared a bed when I was a kid, mm -hmm. okay? Yep. Um, we didn't have our own bathroom. It's really presumptuous to think that little yeah. Susana is gonna have her own suite. So, um, so, so how can you mitigate that? How can you, you just say, well, no, just make it happen. No, there's a way to do that in a culturally appropriate way. Mm -hmm. um, disinfect the bathroom before every, you know, before and after every use, you know, th those kinds of things. Um, plan where you take, how you take showers and timing and all that kind of thing. There's still a way to do it. Yeah. And it, 
again, quite presumptuous for us to say, just don't go to work. Don't go to work. It's too mm. risky. It's like say, don't exactly. feed your family. Right. Yes, <laughs> don't pay work. your rent. Yes. You're already kind of living paycheck to paycheck and not all that solid of a paycheck. Yeah. So it is, it is um, again, culture just plays into everything we do. Yeah. So health disparities are not limited just to just race, right? There are also other um, demographics or uh, dimensions, I guess, of diversity, such as gender, gender expressions, LGBTQIA community, and also physical disabilities. So how are the gaps being bridged for these communities in particular to receive proper health care without judgment or exclusion? Uh, it, it, it's, um, first of all, it, it's about being, um, you know, exposed to different cultures. Mm. And my goodness, if they're not coming through your doors and read about it, get trained about it, see, you know, and so we as an employer try to do our part. We engage you guys yeah. <laughs> uh, so that we can be um, a, a, a little more enlightened. Um, and then just having a, a respect for differences mm -hmm. uh, rather than this is, this I'm the doctor, this is what we do here. Just really understanding um, where, where people are coming from. And it's not until, you know, you start having conversations and engage more people and, and um, uh, quite frankly, kind of mess up sometimes. It's like, oh yeah, I can't, I don't want to do that again. You kind of mm -hmm. learn the hard way. Yeah. Um, like, like so many of our lessons, <laughs> just learning the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we do want to get smarter. We do want to, to learn. And, it, and, and quite frankly, part of LBU Community Clinic going into new markets is because there's need there, mm. okay? It's not just because we wanna um, do more. They're, they're, we are in neighborhoods that need us there that quite frankly has, have invited us in. Mm -hmm. It's not presumptuous to say, okay, we're gonna go there because mm. they need us. That's going to fail, quite yes. frankly, if we do that. Mm -hmm. It's more like, okay, they have asked for a doctor they want, they want a doctor that looks like them, they want a doctor that, uh, or medical practice that, that is accepting of them. That's, yes. that's much more um, likely to work than just that's saying, so you know good. what, we know what to do. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. And the free of judgment thing is, can be a hard thing, especially you know, outside of race or outside of culture. If there's mm -hmm. other beliefs systems, obviously that's going to differ per healthcare provider, per you know, patient and all of that. So how do you work with grace without judgment, mm -hmm. still providing that's right. care? That's right. right. So that's right. the balance. It is. Yeah. This has been a great conversation talking all things policy and inequities in healthcare. Thank you for tuning in to 24 Cares, where we help you live a 24 7 commitment to DEI 365 days of the year.